Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where most of the time we are upbeat, positive, and just in love with a song. But other weeks, well, you love the song, but we don't, and that really just hits you right in the feels. You know, it it just breaks your heart. Tonight, I have with me... Aaron. And unfortunately, we don't have Michelle with us tonight, um, but we do have a special guest. Tonight, we are joined by Blake from the Clerks Minute. A project hey. near and dear to my heart. Hey guys, how you doing? Very good. Fantastic. Good to be here with you, Blake. I personally, I love Clerks. I love all the Kevin Smith Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> um, I personally love Dante and have identified with him since, well, during much of my teens and 20s. <laughs> although I kind of feel like I've grown beyond his issues. <laughs> and uh, the first time I saw Clerks, and he blew his relationship with Veronica, it totally broke my heart. Ah, I see what you did there. Because she was a good woman, and... (laughs) Poor Aaron, he has to deal with my bad puns all the time. I'm used to it from Kyle. Well, no, because the the analogy is is actually pretty apt, you know, because he, at least at the beginning of the film, is not capable of loving Veronica the way that she loves him. Wants to move on, and then he immediately regrets it, which is really the story of the song. <laughs> exactly, very nicely exactly. done. <laughs> it is apropos that you are on this episode. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> so, "Break Your Heart" is from "Born on a Pirate Ship," and also from "Rock Spectac." Yes, you heard that right. The band reports that the correct pronunciation of the album is the French pronunciation, which is Rock Spectac, as in the French Canadian. And <laughs> I, Tracy, got the pronunciation right. It's also on the special Shoebox EP, where you can get a live version from before Born on a Pirate Ship came out. Uh, it was originally written and recorded for Maybe You Should Drive. Um, although they've been playing this song during their set list, even f- during the Gordon tour. So this this song has been around for quite some time. It was written by Stephen Page. Um, and Page and Robertson have been writing together again um, after they stopped writing together for Maybe You Should Drive. So it might just be just a Stephen song. It might be a collaboration between the two because they stopped during Maybe You Should Drive. So it's hard to say. Um but it's, it's credited to Stephen Page. This does feel like a, a Stephen, Stephen Page song. song. Oh, we both did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> no, it does. It's a very yeah. popular song. Yes, I was going to say that. It's a good song. I was going to say it's very popular. Because I um, when I saw the sh- I saw them, Ladies, like, I've seen them three different times, three different states. I'm very proud to say that a lot of times. But the first time I saw them was in Jersey. Nice. And it was at the PNCR Center for the All Natural Tour. And this song is sad, but the minute it started playing, and I sent you guys a copy of it from Spotify, and it's it's really, really like the song played, and the crowd popped. Like, oh my god, they're singing this song! And then everyone just kind of sat and enjoyed. It was a really cool moment to be in there for. It was really, really awesome. It was yeah. also the weirdest part of the concert, because it came on after Aluminum. Which was weird. It was a weird transition. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was... Well, and, and you were telling me earlier this week, when we were talking, that they played this song as their closer one night during their encore? Yeah, I have right? it in my notes. Um, there was a, in their next tour, it was, this is in 2004, they had two different tours. And it was All Natural Tour, the one I went to. And then there was the Play Everything for Everyone tour. And at that tour, um... Hmm. They had two encores, because for the On After Out Tour, they had Atlantis Morissette afterwards, so they couldn't do a double encore. So, but if it's Atlantis Morissette show, for those who don't know, she sang Call and Answer with them on their tour, so that's yes, really amazing. Amazing. So, I saw that, I saw that, and they also, also, they sang on her show, Thank You, which is not available anywhere that I can mm-hmm. find, but I saw that's that cool. in person, too, so that was really cool. But anyway, on the Play Everything for Everyone tour, they um, did a double encore. And the first encore ended with If I Had a Million Dollars, and then they faded up, and it was Stephen Page singing Break Your Heart. 
which is a really strange sign to close the show out with. <laughs> Don't get that. That's well, the weirdest song to end with. Given how it <laughs> I mean, ends, though, I can kind of understand. If it stayed where it starts, then I would totally agree. But that ending, man. True. Very true. <laughs> Pulls out all the stops. So they play this song often in concert, though, because you mentioned that, and I went back and I looked at the, at Setlist FM, mm. and they, since this song was written, at least according to that website, They've played this song 108 times in concert, and Steven himself solo has played it 30 times. Great song. Like, and, and most recently, Steve played it a couple of weeks ago. Wow, really? Wow. BNL has only played this song twice since Steven left I the band. I don't know who did the lead for this then. Who did the lead for this if Steve is not there? Like, this is his song. This is totally his song. Oh, it is very much his song, and he is the power ballad singer. And like, I don't, I can't imagine who would have taken that one over other than Ed. But I don't see Ed pushing the emotionality and the chops like Stephen does on the song. I love you, Ed, but just Stephen has amazing emotional expression with the way that he get, comes across in the song. And it it ta- I mean, he does. Ed does that with "Am I the Only One." But it's a very mm-hmm. different type of emotionality. What Steven does with this song is just... It's explosion. like a crack in his voice. Like, right when you hit the crescendo of the song, it's a crack in his voice. It's that emotional thing. It's like, whoa, you're into this. Big time. Yeah. It's interesting, Tracy, that you mentioned Am I the Only One? Because I'll be talking about that when we wrap up talking about this song at the end. I have some, I have some <laughs> nice notes tease. about nice that. Tease. I made it. Made it. <laughs> now... If stay tuned after the ads, <laughs> so, so you ads. might hear me. <laughs> um, th- I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pause. <laughs> we should put a fake ad in. Let's put in an ad for the clerks minute. <laughs> an ad for the clerks minute. Okay, let's come up with an ad for the clerks minute right now. <laughs> All right. This hey, summer, Aaron, have you heard oh, okay. of this podcast? We went totally different. I, I was going dramatic. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, let's go with yours. <laughs> this summer, if you've ever wanted to hear people talk about a movie, and that movie was Clerks, this is the podcast for you. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, all over your internet, 6 a.m. Central Time. There you go. <laughs> Can I have that for actual promotion for Excellent. our show? That's Can I have wonderful. that? Like, seriously? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, I want that. that. You. <laughs> that's totally yours. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. So there's a bunch of different versions out there. I should probably put that up there. There's the Ruck Spectac version, which is, I'll put up on our liner notes, but it's also, that's a live version. Um, there's also a live version that they have with a YouTube before it was actually released. So between maybe you should drive and born on a pirate ship, there's a live version of that as well. Um, and there's a live version that you had sent me as well, Blake from the O natural tour. So I'm going to be posting all of those. Hopefully people will listen. Yeah, it's to definitely it. worth it. I have seen it in person and it, it gets the crowd. It does get the crowd. <laughs> a video where he does it in person with his trio is amazing any of his live versions are just so more emotional like than even because those oh, are the way, if anyone more. does if anyone has spotify the cool thing about like the 2004 concerts they're all on spotify like all of them in 2004 it's pretty crazy nice, yeah. I, it actually nice. kind of almost pisses me off because i purchased the all natural tour from Haldale, new jersey for 15 for like 10 dollars online when they were selling them on the website and now i have it on my spotify account for cheaper Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for you for those of you like me that don't have spotify if you you can also still buy it on itunes that whole it's tour. worth it it's a great tour so it's a great tour <laughs> no it is it's beautiful to listen to especially some of their rarer songs that they do on the tour that they didn't there are some back catalog stuff that they released on that tour um, which I've I've picked up on for the yeah. podcast. Well, also on the um, after Break Your Heart on the All Natural Tour, I was at. They actually debuted What a Letdown before it was on an album. Oh, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, we're only it's only getting yeah, four years before we hit that. <laughs> 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 oh, 
and one more tree. <laughs> one more tree no, on the all natural tour. You can hear um they can hear one week and um be my Yoko Ono uh, as like an acoustic ukulele version. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. <laughs> oh. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh. So So Aaron, do you want to give us a breakdown on this song? Sure, Tracy, we can do that. Uh, so Break Your Heart is performed at approximately 53 beats per minute. Uh, the song is played in a slow 12-8 blues feel. Uh, it's in the key of G major, and the verse uses a sort of rising 1, 3, 4, 5, then back to 1 progression. Off the top of my head, it kind of reminds me of, this is going to be a weird one, but I Started a Joke by the Bee Gees. Uses that oh, same progression. Yes. You can hear it in the bass wow. line. Do, 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 do. Wow, nice pull. (laughs) Very nice. Deep deep cut for some people, I know. Uh, I knew it through the Faith No More cover, but... (laughs) Um, So, yeah. There you uh, go, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, it goes verse 1, it's your A section, chorus, verse 2... Chorus, well, again, chorus is B. Uh, the bridge is C. And the bridge is where it's uh, written from the other person's perspective. I love the bridge. Uh, we've mentioned before, for some reason, in Stephen Page's work or, or work that he's heavily influences, um, the bridge tends to be my favorite part. Because I think that's where he kind of cuts to the emotional core of the song and sort of just plays it straight. I think a lot of his lyrical work, he does a lot of wordplay and dances around stuff and just kind of kind of obfuscates what he's feeling. And then the bridge is like, okay, and just pours his heart out. In this case, it's kind of a little different because it's, it's him kind of uh, portraying this character, this narrator that's uh, kind of um, trying to uh, justify stringing this other person along and then finally in the in the bridge is the big reveal and then that's the the other person's reaction moving into verse three which is even more than the bridge (laughs) i love verse three uh because coming out of that bridge he just totally belts it and it's this emotionally crippling uh i i i'll tell you what guys i'm not the bnl fan that i know you guys are so some of these songs i haven't heard before i had not heard this song before this week when I started listening to it and the very first time I heard it I had headphones on I had it cranked up and he just came in and I think someone across the room heard him screaming and thought I was watching some kind of weird like horror movie like hostel or something uh they looked wow. concerned. Uh, and I was like oh wow you know like that really caught me off guard and I, I loved it it's like it's almost like Steven was uh, channeling a little bit of Joe Cocker here you know he's got that really super oh. emotional supercharged power ballad and then we go into the final chorus and then the outro so it's a b a b c a b ab a bab cab uh your classic blues country rock pop structure uh the instrumentation is very classic rock or southern rock meets country you got a kind of a twangy guitar just mildly twangy mind you not obnoxious and the light touch of the hammond organ is a very kind of bob dylan sort of move so it's got like a folksy country bluesy ballad feel about it in fact i think i would call this an anti-ballad a term which i might also apply to something like everything about you by ugly kid joe uh i like it although i might prefer it if the keys were a little more present in the mix i really like Mm. the keys yeah so so this is a more of a bluesy the 12 8 than it because i was like well is this like a waltz because it has that very slow dun 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 dun, right it's it's subdivided it's actually a 12 8 groups of threes yeah so it's in 12 8 yeah, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and you know, in a blues shuffle or something like that, you get that kind of the swung eighth notes, this very syncopated eighth note feel to it. Um, that I think that kind of that tradition kind of feeds into this sort of like twelve-eight um, power ballad kind of song. A lot of it. I was going to say it sounds like an eighties power ballad. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's very. I was thinking the same thing traditional in its structure i think it's exceptionally well performed especially towards the end but you know i think what makes it unique and what makes it interesting and what makes it their own is the lyrical content and how that lyrical content is programmatic to what's happening in the song especially towards the end where he comes unhinged a little bit and uh, it really starts to uh I don't know, I felt like the first couple of verses, I was like, okay, where is this going? What's this building up to? And then it just told this really, really great story. Um, and I'll, I'll let you guys sort of talk about the lyrics a little bit. I may jump in, but uh, I've, I've already, I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I was going to say, Aaron, it's a story. I'm a yeah. sucker for a good story. 
Same. It, it, same. it is a perfect story song. Like, I'm a sucker for that. I, yeah. And first time I heard this song, I'm like, wow, I, you could relate automatically. Like, it's also very relatable. Mm-hmm. To the point where you, you, I think everyone's been in that spot, even in a friendship or a relationship where it's like, am I, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I here for the right reasons? Mm-hmm. Or am I, I don't know, just here because I'm comfortable. And that's what this song really is at the end of the day. Right. But I think what takes this song and brings it to that next level, one, is Steven's amazing exploration of it and the way that he uses his voice to to just announce and to just deliver and perform the song. Um, I think any other person performing this song would not pull off what he pulls off with this with the way that he does it. Yeah. Um, but I think the other piece of that 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 I we can't underline enough. A lot of the other BNL songs that we've covered so far is where not one dimensional, but one person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And what we get from this song is the woman's perspective as well. We hear her side of this tale. And he doesn't just like continue on when he switches gears and he tells the woman's side of this tale, it becomes quiet. And the woman isn't angry with him. She's not attacking him. It's just this very, like, nonplus, very calm, but hurt it's perspective of, like, you arrogant man. It's that old, I'm not angry, just disappointed. I was thinking the same thing. It's more disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes I was across. Thinking the same thing. It's more disappointment than even, yeah. like, She's, it's not a... You, you f***ing jerk. It's more along the lines of, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Why couldn't you tell yeah. me this sooner? She's much... Right! She's much more emotionally mature than he is, which, you know... Most women are. Um, I don't want to speak out of line for everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to generalize here, but it that certainly seems to be a pattern from things that I haven't... Listen, you know what? I, 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 my wife has always been smarter and more mature than me in our entire marriage. We've married over a decade. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to say this is Steven. That's the narrator. <laughs> well, so it's interesting because um, I really, I, as I said before, I really I love programmatic music, meaning music that matches what's being said. But the interesting thing here is how the music really helps you interpret it properly. Because that last verse, he's like saying, "Well, you know, I, I really didn't need you, and I, I don't, you know, I was going to get rid of you anyway." But like. The way that he's saying, he sounds like a wounded animal. And the way you can hear the pain in his voice and the way he's singing it makes it so clear that he's like, really is hurting. And I think, you know, even if he genuinely did still want to move on and find someone else, I think the loss of having someone so dedicated and devoted to you has to leave I, a hole, which actually, is going to be Eric, hard to fill. Funny. So, it's yeah, funny. I, I right. really and think that's... What's key about yeah. that is his tone of voice, and not just the whole verse, it's for the goodbye. When he says goodbye under mm. his breath, like, fine, you, you're you leaving mm-hmm. me, fine, yeah. but, yes. wow, mm-hmm. it's subtle, but it's right under his breath, and it's there. The other thing I like is, I like a lot of things about this song, <laughs> the other thing that I like about this song, though, is he doesn't go with the cliche, um, sorry, Kevin Smith, but you went with the cliche at the end of Clerks, where she left him, and then he's like, but I want her back now. Whereas, at the end of this, he doesn't want her back. He even says, like, I'm not hurt because I'm missing you. I'm hurt because I hurt you. And he's upset with himself that he hurt her. Not that not that he wants her back. He knows he still doesn't want her. He's more upset with, with the loss and how that loss is feeling. Because even if you lose someone that you're like, you know that it's not a good connection, you still feel pain from losing that, that relationship. Yeah. And he's, he perfectly portrays that part as well as putting out there that he's upset that he hurt her because he does care about her even if he doesn't love her. I, I interpreted that, maybe I'm a little more cynical, but I interpreted that as his whole shtick of ending every verse with, you know, uh, I didn't mean to break your heart. I, I think that that is his justification. I think really what it was was it was convenience and it was it was it felt good to have someone be that into him and it felt good to have someone be doting on him. So he was like, "Well, I'm not going to break it up. I don't want to hurt her feelings." And there might have been some reality to that, but I feel like that was a convenient excuse for him to use. So he comes back at the end and it's kind of ironic, you know, cuz now maybe maybe he's a little heartbroken cuz he realizes he is going to yeah, miss her point. a little bit. 
Yeah. But I don't think that he loved her. I don't think he comes around to this sudden realization no, like, no. oh, I did love her. But I think he is he misses her now yeah. and is hurt. And by it's that. almost like she actually broke up with him at the end of the song. It's not the other way around. So it's like, oh wait, you broke up with me? Yeah, that's certainly what it sounded like. Yeah. I, I think she either caught him doing something or saying something, or she was just like, you know what, this isn't working out. And he was like, oh, sh- oh, uh, well. Uh. <laughs> and then it was just too late. And at that point, you know, he could no longer hide behind, I don't want to hurt, break her heart, because now she's saying, look, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to move on. So, yeah. yeah that's, I mean, uh, again, Stephen Page, uh, if you if you want to dispute any way that we're interpreting your lyrics, you're free to come on the show at any time. Uh, but that's, that's, what I, 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 that's, that's what I take away from it, I think at it's least. the line... That she says in his narration, it's just stop wasting my time. Like, why, why wasting my time with you? <laughs> yes, yeah. it boils down to that, right? Like, I'm investing my life with this person who does not really want to be with me. That's so cruel, you know what I mean? And that, and that's it, it's the kind of thing where and it's interesting because I think that's a very it's a young man's uh, kind of go to move is like, well, I don't want to hurt her feelings or whatever. And it's like, well, you realize as an older man, you know, maybe who's been through this once already, well, it's just going to hurt her more to continue to be there in this relationship that I'm not really invested in and, and it's not going anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a maybe a story. I can, I guess, in a in an optimistic interpretation, we can say maybe the narrator will grow from this. One could hope. <laughs> One could hope. <laughs> we, we never really truly know, but yeah, we hope that he does grow from this. Oh, so one of the things I did write down um, about this is like, this seems to be the sequel. I don't know if you've heard this song yet, Aaron, or not. Um, I know you've heard not a lot of, of the songs. Um, I know we have not covered this one. We're, we're still mm. two years away from this one, I think. <laughs> um, I think this is the sequel to Inter- Intermittent. Ooh, Paul. Paul, I didn't think of that. Intermittently, isn't that like I love so I love it, you intermittently? Yeah, I think I so heard he, you and Michelle song, discussing this. We'll one cover time. it. Yeah, so in that song, and we'll come back to it because that's another one. I think Michelle's yeah. like, I love that song. Um, in that song, he's kind of like, I'm on again, off again with how much I love you, mm-hmm. and and this kind of is like that sequel to that. This is the end of that that's relationship. Good call. I didn't think of that. Very good call. No, that that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, that's in the kind of. Someone who just is kind of non-committal and can't make that final leap, you know. And even if they yeah. like the other person a lot, they just can't. So, Stephen, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> if you we ever know you are listening are. to this, I would love to hear you in concert sing intermittently and then follow up with you this. The crowd's emotionally ready for that. That would be crowd's cool. emotionally ready for that. I think I would be bawling by the end of that concert. <laughs> I'd be like, I can't go home. I can't drop. <laughs> Hand out tissues. <laughs> Once again, um, I- I've mentioned this before, and this- it comes back to this again. There isn't a line in this song that I don't like. It is so utterly powerful. It tells both sides of the story. There's nothing about this song I don't like. It- yeah, it- it's a very well crafted tune, and I uh, I have a penchant for songs that are very tightly written i don't think i would change anything about this song you know that's true actually in, in making a comparison to like an old school 80s power ballad is a good point you mentioned earlier in the mm. conversation because it's so well written and you can relate to it and you can listen to it now as an adult and be as an older adult has grown more that more toward more and be like oh wow I, I, I was like, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> that guy's a jerk. But at least it's a good story. I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like looking at yourself as a kid. Exactly. You know, it's like looking at yourself in high school, like, what you're in high Oh, we all have those moments when you look back on something you said in, like, eighth grade. Like, why Why do we still do that to ourselves? But it'll just going to run through our head and we'll just feel the shame all over again. <laughs> it's that Catholic guilty conscience, I guess. <laughs> so are there any things that we haven't covered with this song any notes that you guys have no i think i, I think i got everything out more keys guys if you ever remix this <laughs> that's the one thing i would change I, I take it back there's one thing there's one thing i would change <laughs> but honestly that's just a compliment to uh to kevin playing those keys uh so nicely just want to hear him more yeah this would be andy this is a pre oh, wow, you're song. right yes this is this is yes, a pre-kevin right. song this is the 
this is the time Apologies when Andy played, Andy. left the band, and then and then Kevin came in to play the tour. Okay. Oh, okay. So th- it was around that time. So apologies, uh, Andy. Great job on the keys. Kevin, I'm sure that when you played it live, you knocked it out of the park, yes, too. But, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, great job on the keys. I love those. They were very Dylan-esque. That's definitely it's that kind of folk pop, power ballad kind of uh, feel that it had going, and it was perfect. And I know that in those songs, traditionally, the keys are mixed kind of low, because a lot of times the guys were just kind of vamping and improvising. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's what happened here, but uh, they sounded really good, and I would have liked to have heard more of them. See, I don't think so. I I'm, I I love this song exactly the way it is. Like, I don't think I would change anything about it. So that kind of brings me to our, our next step, which is the ratings. Mm. Now, we don't have Michelle here to give us a, a a scale for tonight. So what we usually rate these on, Blake, is a 0 to 5 scale, 5 being the greatest honor that we can bestow upon a song. Because here's the ironic thing. So every other song we've talked about so far, especially with Michelle, has been a song about a man mm-hmm. from the man's perspective. <laughs> We finally get a song where we get a woman's perspective. And we <laughs> well, that's, I was hoping to get her thoughts on this. I didn't even think of that. Good point. They, so I'm going to try to reach out to her and say, Michelle, can you please give us your thoughts? Well, I was, like, I was really glad that she was there to talk about Beautiful, and I wish that she had been here tonight for this one. Uh, I'm sure she would have had some interesting things to say. So if, if she does, I'm going to ask her to splice it in right now. Okay, ready? <laughs> Michelle's minute, go. Boom. <laughs> Michelle's hot take. <laughs> yeah, it's time, for Mich- <laughs> it's time for Michelle's hot dun, take. Dun, dun. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to hear Michelle talk about Break Your Heart... Now's the time. So I don't have a rating scale for today. So what I'm going to give it is how many 80s power ballads <laughs> do you give this song? Fair enough. So um, I'll, I'll start off with Aaron here so you can get a kind of a feel sure. of, of where we're going with this. Aaron, what do you give this? How many power battle? Uh, how many power ballads? I'll be honest. The first time I listened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many power battles? <laughs> power battles. <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest, the first time I listened to this song, I thought this was headed straight for middle of the road territory. Probably not two and a half stars, but maybe three or somewhere in the lower threes, which is not bad or even meh, but, uh, initially, the first two verses, I was like, okay, this is okay, I'm kind of nodding my head along. But then, I heard the bridge, and I heard the final verse and chorus, and that right there completely made the song for me, and the result is that from me, uh, Break Your Heart gets 3.9 power ballads out of 5. I really like it. More or less oh. exactly as much as Am I the Only One, but for very different reasons. With that song, uh, it's the beautiful strings and the moody guitar work and the sweetly melancholic vocal melody. Uh, with Break Your Heart, it's the unbelievable vocal work by Paige mostly, but also the solid instrumental work and the good overall feel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass it over to you, Blake. Uh, so I'm not the not jumping okay. right to myself here. How many power ballads? No, I was you actually thinking one? about this, especially just sitting to the. I listen to your show every week. I haven't missed an episode since I found you guys, and I know how you guys rank the. I know how you guys rank this Thank stuff. Thank you. And for me, uh-huh. I'm just like, I haven't had this song. I listened to this song. Get ready for this. I think it was a couple of days ago. Just get it in my head again. It's been a while, and this is one of those. It's been stuck in my head now for four days. It's been <laughs> stuck in my head. It stays there. Like, like, I've been sitting to myself at work today. Like, I'm working because I know I'm doing the show tonight. I was like, I'm just singing this song to myself. Like, no one has a clue what I'm singing. Why not? Like, I no didn't want to break so, your brain. Me, I'm going to go with a 4.25. It's not my. It's not the. It's not my favorite song of them, but it's one nice. of their best. Like, by far one of their best. Nice. <laughs> I love this song so much. Oh, yeah. As I said earlier, there is nothing I would change about this song. I love every line utterly. Um, it is just... It is one of the most powerful slow songs that I have ever, and not just Bare Naked Ladies, ever heard done. Um, you know, before this point, uh, you know, you go back to a song like More Than Words, which was formative when I was growing up and, and how that hit me at the right time of my life and was just that wonderful, powerful song that, that really spoke without, without needing to do anything more other than just use emotion. This 
far outranks more than words or any other power ballad from the 80s. So for me, this is this is BNL at its finest. This is what I think that BNL should sound like when they're doing a, a slow song. This is a five. Nice. Nice. Plain wow. and simple nice. for me. Like, I didn't even have to think about my rating on this one. It was like, boom, five. Is this your first five? I'm not even so, sure. No, I've given a couple others, and we've had some that we've never had all fives yet. Gotcha. We've we came very really close, close yeah. Bobby had to Bobby be the contrarian. Bobby undermined that one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then he left the show. Yeah, he just torpedoed alcohol and left. Ripcord, parachute. If we don't count Bobby's score... No, that's not, that's not fair, no. His, his legacy... So we have not had a perfect five song yet. We'll get there. I have a but feeling... several fives. I, one will be coming up in a little bit. I'm easier with my fives, just because I love BNL anyways, but this this is just too much... For, this is a five for me, no matter what. And we'll have to wait to see, in terms of giving an average, we'll have to wait to see what Michelle gives this to decide what, what the final average comes out to. But I'm guessing that, so far, that's going to be pretty high up there on the list. So, where, where is it looking right now? Did you punch those in, Aaron, so by any chance? So, Tracy, you gave it a perfect 5, and we had a 4.25. 4.45. Yeah. 4.45, so that puts us pretty high. That's... uh. I'm going to guess that's in the top ten. Oh, 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 you ready for this? Drum roll. Okay, this is where we're going to cut to. <laughs> drum roll, this please. In a drum roll. Yeah, drum roll, please. <laughs> okay, as it happens, so far, with our three votes, Break Your Heart is at a solid 4.45, bringing it to number two. Just below alcohol, just above alternative girlfriend. Wow! That is huge! Holy mackerel. Wow. That wow. is way up there. <laughs> I feel very cow. special. I th- that's where I think it should be. I feel special being on the there. show. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is a pretty uh, pretty big deal. You, you hit special status tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, wow, number two. Well, you know, wow. let's see what Michelle has to say, but I'm sure she's going to like it. And it might yeah. it might hit number one, depending on what Michelle gives Dang. it. So. Hello, this is Michelle coming in with my take on Break Your Heart. And before I get into that, I just want to address one thing. I'm not sure if you have um, talked about this already, um, but it was actually Chris Brown that was on the organ on Break Your Heart. Um, so I just wanted to touch base on that fact. Um, and having said that, now I can dig in to break your heart. And this, I, I'm going to say right off the bat, I believe, and I know we're only in the B's, but I believe that break your heart is my favorite BNL song of all time. If not my favorite, then it's definitely up there in the top five. Um, it's fabulous. My favorite version of it is from Rock Spectac. The, the live version just has that extra rawness that Steven delivers so satisfyingly. Um, but it is from Born on a Pirate Ship. And that was actually the first BNL CD that I ever purchased. Um, shortly followed by all the rest, shortly followed by, uh, Rock Spectac and all the other albums. But that was the first one that I bought when it came out. I was already a fan of theirs. I thought um, If I Had a Million Dollars was really clever. Um, and that was the really first thing that put them on my radar. But Break Your Heart is so good. And I think it just shows us how Steven works. I feel like whatever's behind this song, it's the same thing that's behind A, you know, where he talks about behaving abhorrently. It's the, it's the same thing that's behind what a good boy. It's all of that psychology, all of that emotional baggage that comes from those songs. It's also expressed here. And what I love about this song is how Steven is trying to do the right thing and he knows he's being a coward and he knows that um, this relationship that he's in isn't the right thing. 
and he should have said something sooner, but he didn't want to, quote-unquote, break your heart. He didn't want to break the heart of the other person. Um, and finally, you know, everything explodes in his face, and that's what we see in all of his songs. You know, at some point, there's a reckoning, and this song, I think, expresses that so perfectly. It's so good. I mean, it's the the payoff is so good in this song um so one of the things that's great about this song too is how he's able to tell a story from the first person and then he switches to the um the point of view of the other person and then he comes back to himself and he's done this in a few other songs i know this is not the first time we've seen that but it's so brilliant because he seamlessly goes from his point of view to her point of view back to his and the payoff is when, you know, at the end of the song, and especially in Rock Spectac, when he's live and he's just bearing it all, and he says, and now I know that you'll be okay, and that's that I got what I want, and that's rid of you. Goodbye. Like, it's so, and I don't know if it's because, and I've mentioned this before, but we're the same age. Stephen and Ed and I are the same age. And... So we grew up together, so to speak. And we, you know, when this song came out, we were all in our mid-20s. And it's a very mid-20s kind of, you're in your 20s, you think you need to be in a relationship. Um, it's not right. You know it's not right. And you're just going to try to figure it out. Like, this is so that. Um, so I just, I can relate to it on many levels, but I just, I love how raw Steven is, and I love how open it is, and it's just, it's just, this song is just the representation of why the Bare Naked Ladies are so good, and this song is also partly for me why it's so hard to listen to the Bare Naked Ladies without Steven, because this piece, this rawness, is what makes it interesting for me. And so, not that it's not interesting without, certainly without him, they have some good stuff. It's different, though. And, um, yeah. This, if if I'm going to listen to the Bare Naked Ladies, it's going to be this. It's going to be Born on a Pirate Ship, or it's going to be Rock Spectac, and I'm going to dive in head first. Um, so, that's my take. My rating on this, total five. This is, I think this is the first song I've given a five to in our ratings, but I give it a five. If I could give it more than a five, I would, because it's awesome. So that's my take, and I'm sorry I missed um, the original. Um, I'm sorry I couldn't be with you in the studio, but that's my take, and I hope everybody is having a great time. Okay, talk to you later. So, I'm going to switch this over real quick, over to appearances. Um, I am going to do an actual appearance this week instead of a fact. Um, so, this week, uh, I sent it to you guys, so I don't know if you guys were able to see it. There was a movie done in the 90s by Mr. Dave Foley. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dave Foley. He's just, just this weird kind of Canadian guy. He was on I the show like, like Kids Didn't in you live hall. in a hall? Yeah. Some <laughs> show like that. You know, he was only on, like, news radio and a few other things, you know. Um, so he wrote this movie and was the lead actor in it called The Wrong Guy. The story's about this man who doesn't want to be blamed uh, because his boss ends up killed on the same day that he says that he would kill him. And just kind of speaking out of context. And then the guy ends up dead. And so he thinks that the police are after him. The police are not after him. <laughs> Dave Foley loves the Bare Naked Ladies, has loved them for a long time as a, as a native of Toronto, I believe. And he actually wanted Bare Naked Ladies to write the soundtrack for this movie, but the studio wouldn't go with it. They wanted someone more well-known to write the, the uh, score for the film. Um, so he, instead, he asked them to come on and do a song for the movie. So what we have is that when Dave Foley is running away from the cops and trying to hide... He jumps into the, he sees a cop coming toward him, which is Stephen Page, jumps into a dumpster. By the way, when he jumps into this dumpster, he actually twisted his ankles in the process of jumping into the dumpster. What we now have after that is the next, within the next two minutes of the movie, Bare Naked Ladies singing a very short version of the song called <laughs> Gangster Girl that they wrote and doing a doo-wop. What 
that happened. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. It was hilarious. If I'm going to put the scene up um, for people to watch. Um, you do have to jump ahead in the clip that I have because there is a slight scene in between these two parts. Dave Foley does some amazing acting during it where the first part he's just sitting there watching like and just in disbelief that these cops are doing doo-wop. And then it comes back to him a couple minutes later, and he's sitting there and he's rocking out with the song in the dumpster. So, some amazing acting by Dave Foley and some great singing by Bare Naked Ladies. So that's fantastically funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see this movie. <laughs> I never chance to watch that scene. No, I have to watch it. The movie itself, eh? Wouldn't go out and rent it if you can get it for free on YouTube, which you can. Go ahead and watch it if you have extra time on your hands. But that one scene alone was worth watching it. So, Blake, where can people find you if they're looking for you and for okay. Clerks Minute and any other podcast you do? All right. So this is where my plugs come in, and this is where everybody – yeah, this is going to be a minute. So I this warn you guys. This happens every time I'm on a show. Um, so I am currently in the middle of that one, <laughs> not two, but three projects. <laughs> Woo! I am obviously hosting the Blake and Sal Show, which is every single Friday for five years i've been doing that show it's been so much fun i work with my best friend wow and now my wow. father-in-law we've been doing it for a long time and we talk a lot of wrestling we talk a lot of hockey we do entertainment talk we do a whole bunch of stuff over there that's been great as a matter of fact i recently this is show no matter what time this is built up this actually works i recently did a show live from our state fair which was fun i did it we're doing a show with the shared universe some studio in lincoln county jersey with ming chen as our producer wow which is going to be fun so that's going to be stuff going up on our feed in the month of august wow. um also as um as we mentioned i have clerks minute which is we're going into our second season we did the movie clerks one minute at a time which i i would tell people don't do that to yourself because there are points in that movie where it gets hard like, it's really difficult to do <laughs> that was a hard one but we did it we did it me and my brother-in-law host the show together we did it and it's on our feed there are minutes where it's just them doing dialogue in a store for no like they don't change this scenes. is i'll give you one better decisions. i'll give you one better well there's like a minute of jay dancing to stabbing westward so the, i'll give you one better though because that's conversation there was three solid minutes of Dante. You know the old man that dies in the bathroom? Spoiler alert. The old man that dies in the bathroom. When he comes in, when he comes oh, in and he's God. talking to Dante, yeah. there is literally three solid minutes of the two of them <laughs> talking and Dante working. Here's the problem with this conversation. Oh. I, I timed this out. There was literally 35 seconds, 45 seconds, and 35 seconds of Dante looking at a piece of paper during those three minutes. Oh, <laughs> there was nothing to talk about. That is painful. <laughs> but no, but, but it's better though. Season two is um two minutes at a time of Clerks two, and we have a lot of guests. We have a lot of guests on this one. We have a lot of people coming back on the first season. A lot of people coming back from this one, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. I know um Tracy already recorded his episode, which is our second episode of the season. Yes, and that and that comes up on October first. It's gonna be the beginning of season two. And it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And also, if you subscribe nice. to our feed, you can get some special episodes. We're currently doing the um, Clerks Animated Series on there right now. And we're also putting... Oh, it yes. I've seen a couple of those. Oh, nice. And we're all doing, like, old interviews. Well played, and like, like, I put up an old interview with Brian O'Halloran recently. And I put up an old interview with um, Casey Jones, the Practical Jokers, which is inter intertwined with everything. Well, else. you interviewed was it Lisa? But you interviewed as well. Marilyn Gigliotti. I did. I have two interviews with her actually. One during yes. the season and one during the summer. She came back to talk about her. Um, she's doing a project and she wanted to do something to promote it, so she came on to promote it on our show. So that was pretty cool. Us and that man, not that man, are the yes. only real Kevin Smith podcast. So he came over here to talk to us. So that was fun. <laughs> so she. That really, was a really great cool. interview. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And also, my other project I'm in the middle of with my wife, nice. we are doing a podcast called No Days But Today, a rent retrospective, where we are breaking down rent one day at a time in the movie context. So, like, December 24th, and we broke it up into two days. We did Christmas Day, we broke it up into two days and two episodes. So we're doing that bi-weekly. We took the month of August off because of vacation, but... 
we're up to Christmas, in the second part of Christmas Day, and we're going to come back and finish it up. And the way it's timed out, if things go as planned, it's going to end right before Rhett Live on Fox. Oh, really? Yes, if everything times out the way it's planned. So that's how, that's the schedule currently. That could change, but at the moment, that's what it's planned out to be. Well, good luck so with that. That's everywhere. You can, yeah, we're all over Twitter, Facebook. All of our shows are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anywhere you can find podcasts, we're everywhere right now. Pretty big deal. And also, you can um, find me on Twitter, at Riley21106. All of our shows have that. There's also Facebook pages, Instagrams. Our Instagram, by the way, is very, very busy. Especially for Clerks Minute. <laughs> we were reporting stuff from Comic-Con, and I wasn't even at Comic-Con. And I reported stuff from Comic-Con. It was, it was a lot of it was crazy. And also, if you're a um, wrestling fan, on the Blake and Sal show Instagram, we've been like posting up like the matches for All In and things like that. Like every time they announce something, we're posting it up. While we're not personal, the show is not All In. We'll be watching the show, so we're helping promote it. <laughs> helping promote the show. So that's everything we're doing. I'm very busy. I'm very very busy. I was gonna say you sound extremely busy. I work a forty hour a week job and I have a ten year old son. So we're gonna figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> So, I, you know what I think? I think, like, when you're done with Rent and you're done with this Clerks 2 minute, like, I think you're just going to be so thoroughly exhausted, you're not going to be able to get out of bed for, like, a long period of time. <laughs> this is actually, the day we're doing this, I'm, I'm on a guest spot on Groundhog Minute, which is this movie where they're breaking down Groundhog Day, minute at a time. I'm on that show, currently, <laughs> for a couple episodes. I did a guest spot on Batman on Fat Man. I did a guest about, on this show, obviously, I'm on the list for Independence Day Minute, and I was also, what was the other show I did recently? Oh, I was on Jane and Silent Bob Minute, because they're breaking down mall oh. rats, and I was on that show. Wow. <laughs> so, nice crossover there. Yeah, it was a cool moment for us. It was actually really bizarre. If you're listening to the show, <laughs> they like, well, who's on the show? Like, from Clerks Minute, and they edited it, and they dun 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 <laughs> well, I listen to them too, and they're always messing up, and they're always saying that they're go and visit them on the Clerks Minute. They're like, no, wait, no, no. <laughs> I've been messing with them ever since the season started. I've been totally messing with them. <laughs> they're good guys, though. They're actually good guys over there. I, by the way, I will say for those who are making, the people actually wonder what the Movies by Minute community is, and I'm in the community. Go to moviesbyminutes.com, and you can find a movie you probably like, and it's probably being broken down right now. I know. Like, for Labor Day weekend, I'm going to an event in Madison, Wisconsin. It's the wrap party for Titanic Minute. Wow. As of this recording, wow. they're on, like, minute, like, 170-something as of this recording. <laughs> they're, they're in the middle of, like, they're in the ocean, and they're in the, they're literally right now in the water, and Jack just died. <laughs> right now in the movie. They're like, thank you. It's been a wild. <laughs> it's been a wild, wild ride. Listening to that show for the last like six months. It's been a Now you were just on Groundhog. Yes, I'm on. Or you will be probably by the time. Well, actually, when we're recording the episode up this morning, as we're recording this episode, so <laughs> in that case, go to Groundhog Minute on. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is live, right? Every time someone listens to it, you go on the stream and go find Groundhog Minute and listen to them. Those are good friends of mine, and you can listen to their show. Part of the movies by Minute community. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes Aaron this this is live every time someone turns it on we start and we have our script and we re-record exactly and just keep going every single we're doing time it live for that person yeah yeah and no, yeah there we go we're doing it live I, personally if I was doing a podcast about the movie Groundhog Day I would just do a single episode and then just continue to put that episode out every time. <laughs> there was a joke in the community. I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you the story. This is behind the scenes. They're the Movement Minute Facebook community, and I'm in it, obviously. When they announced Groundhog Minute, for three solid months, he put the exact same graphic up every single holiday day, promoting the show for three solid months. Every day at 7 a.m. What up? It was on time every day. That's pretty good. <laughs> Now, see, this is why I don't do something like that, because if I were doing Groundhog Minute, Aaron, what I would end up doing is I would cover yeah. the same minute over and over and over and over again, and I would just make us continue <laughs> to have to talk about that minute and see how many things we could possibly come up with before we drove ourselves nuts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we'd be in a padded room after a few episodes. So, 
So if I did the Groundhog Minute and I did it that way, I think after a while, you would just get really super depressed. You would probably not want to get out of bed. We would probably lose inspiration and have nothing left to say and have no idea where to go. And and we would just be stuck. You know, like like that famous singer, Brian Trace, Wilson are you, did. Yeah, well, are you talking about like Brian Wilson when he put like a sand sandbox in his house or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Although if I had a sandbox in my house, I would be a lot happier than I am now. So I don't know. <laughs> I think that would work. Right in the middle of it. That would do the trick for me. Uh, he's he's too demanding. You can let so, li- live lobsters go in your house and just play. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. So we'll have more on Brian Wilson next week. Join us then, and my friend that has helped me out of many a major depressive moods, Bobby, will be back and hey. joining us. <laughs> Thank you again for joining us, Blake. And to you, Aaron, thanks. That was fun. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.